I'm William E. Davis. I play the cigarette smoking man, and you're listening to Intro to X. to X, this podcast is out there. I'm Claire, and joining me is my two little X-ray eyeballs, <laughs> I guess? I don't know. <laughs> we're, we're each one eyeball? Yeah. One's Bran, one's Terry. Let's look in opposite directions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have a super duper uh, special guest this week. It's Jonathan! Yay! Hooray! He's Hi back. guys. He's... Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've got two more episodes after this one this season, and I've already done one. There's a lot of me this season, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's Just okay. Can't... There's a lot of us too. So. Just can't get enough <laughs> J Johnny John John J. So you know, it's all good. So uh, Claire, yes. what were your predictions for Sure Kill? Well, the predictions were what I'm going to make now because I didn't watch the manuscript <laughs> before because I forgot. But I'm looking at it now, so. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's like uh it's it like if i didn't know the characters i would say it's a a guy who i recognize as the actor patrick kilpatrick um i think is his name sitting in a car i think looking sad but he has like kind of wacky contact lenses so i probably would have said that he had some kind of power where he could shoot laser beams out of his eyes and that's how he could kill people because his eyes look kind of weird and that's how he's sure to kill people that's what I would have said. I think if he had, if he had lasers coming out of his eyes, <laughs> it would have been great. Oh, it would have been so much fun. Uh, oh well. Uh, so, um, Brad, what was on TV this week? Uh, guys, listen. Maybe you want to watch this episode of X Files. I guess. Um, but there are other options. <laughs> um, you could have watched uh, the the Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode. That was called Triangle. Triangle. Uh, oh, that's the one with what's her face's boyfriend's back, right? Yes, the troll. The troll. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. With oh, Anya. Anya. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Now, guys, maybe you want to watch that. Um. You can't watch Cleopatra twenty five twenty five. It's not back oh. for a couple more weeks. What about but, Dark Angel, Brad? <laughs> I I don't know about Dark Angel, but there is another show out there. Um, it's called Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> oh, man, that was a real game changer. Oh, boy. If you're unaware... Never had walking and ranging been put in a show <laughs> This is a show about noted asshole Chuck Norris, um, in which he plays a guy who was raised by his Uncle Ray, who was a Native American, played by Tammy's friend, <laughs> uh, friend. Sleepy Time Albert. <laughs> oh, no. He is my friend when I uh, yeah. have insomnia. So. I, I didn't know that <laughs> until I just... Man. Yeah. I, I just learned that fact uh, <laughs> looking it up on Wikipedia today. Because um, I, of course, never watched this fucking show. Um, he's a Texas Ranger. Um, he... He's an asshole. Uh, that's what he does. Uh, this week's episode was Golden Boy. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> Walker tries to keep a promising young boxer, Juan Guerrero, 
from throwing away his future after his mother and father are killed in a car accident. <laughs> Meanwhile, the rangers start an investigation to stop a counterfeit ecstasy ring, which is selling... <laughs> which is selling Angel's Kiss. Ooh. Ecstasy laced with PCP. Paralysis? <laughs> after three teams... After three teens high on Angel's Kiss are hit by a train... <laughs> God. While surveilling the drug dealers, they witness Juan at a meeting with the ring's leader, whom Juan has been told is a big-time fight promoter. <laughs> oh, Juan. Oh, Juan. Juan. <laughs> nice. Uh, his name is Walker. Is that his first or, or second name? Uh, surely second. Is he like Jimmy Walker? Or like, I don't know. Well, there are kids in Jesse's school, a little boy named Walker. That's his first name. If you have real Walker Texas Ranger questions, Claire, you should just get in touch with my dad. He's seen every episode. Oh, I'd love to sit down with your dad and ask him about Walker Texas Ranger. Oh. He would love to talk to you about it. <laughs> I think you should get in touch with the um, the kid um, that I went to school with that wore a Walker Texas Ranger shirt every day in the sixth grade. Wow. <laughs> I think that John should do a podcast with his dad about Walker. I know, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. Ranger cast. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, I did not have any x-ray vision memories. Other than, like, when I was a kid, did you guys ever want those x-ray vision, go- like, glasses, like, oh, yeah. on the back of, like, cereal boxes? I was born. <laughs> um, and I was... Just gotta be honest, I was so disappointed that someone's name was Tammy in this episode. <laughs> it's Tammy with an I. It is Tammy with an I, so... Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you know what I say, Tammy? You, you know what I say? I say, stupid ain't cute, Tammy. I don't care what your name uh, says. I know! <laughs> oh, that, first, yeah, that first line with her, I was like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Please kill Rob early and I don't have to live with this. <laughs> I should say, a fun fact, you know, skipping ahead a bit, but uh, this actress who plays Tammy, uh, I can't remember her name, Kelly something? Um, uh, I wrote her name down somewhere, I don't know. Um, but she, oh, Kelly w- uh, Waymire, she was from Six Feet Under. She yeah. was Brenda's prostitute friend, and she died really young. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's really sad. Okay, yeah, calm um, down, Claire. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan says he's got a lot of fun facts. <laughs> Sorry, Jonathan. Uh, update really quick. Update, uh... Cordell Walker. Oh! Ugh. Oh, yeah. Stupid Walker. The only thing I know about the name Cordell is that it's like the little sidekick of uh, Mason Verger in um, the Hannibal book. And in the Hannibal film starring Anthony, Anthony Hopkins, when uh, Gary Oldman was, was uh, Ver, um, Mason Verger, he just kept going, Cordell! And calling Cordell, like to get him stuff. And me and my friend quote that a lot to each other. So I probably wouldn't be able to take it seriously in that show because I'd just be laughing at and doing Gary Oldman impressions. Sorry. <laughs> well, it is uh, time for 60-second summary. Oh, boy. This is the time when I wish that we would have, like, seven guests on our podcast. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> We're at that threat level. <laughs> All right. All of our names are on a list, and I am pressing the button. Click, 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 click. <gasps> and it's Jonathan! Yes! yes. Alright, here we go. Please. Happy birthday! 
Let's tell your thoughts. Think about what happened in this episode. Why? Who was the biggest creep? Um, <laughs> whatever you need to discuss this in as much detail as possible without going over one minute already glistening under because then you would be an X-ray chump. <laughs> and you will be going in three, two, one, go. Okay, a weird guy's running down the street, and he leaves a message for someone saying that the bitch set him up. Then he runs into a police station where noted actor James Franco is. Then <clears throat> his head explodes. After that, he uh, Tammy Payton is acting real weird and shifty, and her boss comes in and notices that. But because this is a weird episode that has to go on for another 50 minutes, nobody says anything. <laughs> then uh, it turns out that the guy has a brother, the boss has a brother, and he can see real good, and the brother can't see very well. Later, Mulder and Scully get involved because of the police station explosion, uh, head explosion. Um, after that, uh, a lot of stuff happens. Police officers run around, gangbangers die. Uh, nobody ever really figures out what happened and then the episode ends. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all I got. That's uh, 48.37 <laughs> seconds. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's Ooh. tough. What's the chump music, Brad? Sorry, Jonathan, you get the chump, the, the chump music. Uh, this was kind of a chump episode, so... <laughs> also, <laughs> in... Uh, in... I didn't realize it, that. Yeah, but yeah. you know what? I looked oh, wait, 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 wait. the beginning, and it wasn't... We will, we will be covering that okay. in fun facts, if, uh, if you don't mind. Oh, right. yeah, right. Tammy, calm down. Saying, well, it wasn't him in the beginning scene. It was him in a later scene where we oh. have the officers. But for some reason, they have him listed as officer number two, which I would really call him officer number like four or five, but right. we don't have any of the all officers right. in between. Yeah, because I rewatched the beginning once I saw that. I was like, all right, I know this is a stupid episode. I uh, would rewatch does the he have? Does he have lines? Uh, I don't remember. I, I, feel like, like, I, I was like, oh, oh, Brad's going to be excited to see his favorite celebrity secret lisper in this episode. <laughs> Oh, boy. Fun okay. fact. Fun fact. James Franco's a lisp. <laughs> <laughs> right, fun fact. He, he manages to hide before, it from the world. <laughs> before we see all your fun facts, oh. Jonathan, please take take it away. <laughs> okay. Well, this episode was written by executive story editor Greg Walker, who uh, it's his second script. Greg, his last the one was. Ranger. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Uh, He's, uh, it's his second script. His first one was last season's Brand X, so that gives you some idea of the kind of quality that we have in play here. Um, let's see. Uh, this A lot of people watch this. Um, the guest star, Michael Bowen, is a biker buddy of series co-star Robert Patrick. And uh, you know what? No one will give me any more information on the internet than that. IMDb also... <laughs> lists Michael Bowen as a biker buddy of Robert Patrick, but they remove the uh, quotation marks from it, which I think is more accurate. Uh, I'm going to let it put out a call to Wikipedia writers again and say, stop that. That's <laughs> that it's, it's not a quotation. <clears throat> but anyway, co-star Gillian Anderson recalled that because his uh, biker buddy was there, Robert was like the Energizer Bunny. He was wound up and wouldn't unwind until the day was done, no matter how long the day went. Oh, so. because his BFF <laughs> is there. It's like David Duchovny and Monkey Shines, man. Oh. This episode all, also guest starred a pre-famed James Franco, according to IMDb and Wikipedia. Tammy says she saw him. Let's see what she has to say later. I want to know about it, because I didn't find him. I, uh... 
I saw the pictures of him on, like, I went to do a, a Google image search because I'm like, I am not watching the next, all the way to the next scene where the cops are in uh. it because I was not rewatching this episode. Uh, it took a lot <laughs> in me to rewatch the beginning, but I knew it was even like pre-credits. I was like, okay, I can, I can deal with it. But that is mm. definitely not him in the pre-credits with the other officer who's listed as officer number one. So uh. <laughs> unless James Franco aged a lot and then went <laughs> back in time. <laughs> yes, these were, these were all my thoughts as I looked at this. I'm like, okay, that is clearly a 45-year-old man. Uh, and he the other um, Robert guy. Patrick's uh, Terminator attack and went back in time. Yeah, yeah, so, like, so like I'm always... Go ahead. He was like, he's either the black guy or he's the 45-year-old man. <laughs> either way, the makeup in this thing is flawless. Why haven't we seen this makeup artist on this show before? <laughs> um, so it's clearly neither of those two. Yeah, this uh, is... Guys, I went down a real rabbit hole on this one because... Uh, well, first of all, the reception to this episode wasn't uh, very good, but I'll bet that the people who didn't like it feel pretty stupid now that we are this far in the future and they discover that uh, <laughs> BAFTA Award nominated for Best Leading Actor in 127 Hours star James Franco was in this episode. Uh, you guys, they, I, I went down such a rabbit hole with this James Franco thing. So <clears throat> there are... There are 15 episodes of the X-Files that have a character named either First Officer, Officer, Officer Number 2, Officer Number 1, and Second Officer. Would you like to know what those episodes are? Yeah. Uh, those episodes are Episode 1, The Pilot. Number 2 was Jersey Devil. Number 3 was Eve. Number 4 was Dwayne Barry. Number 3 <laughs> was... Number 5 was 3. Number 6 was Red Museum. Number 7 was Aubrey. God, I hate that episode. Uh, number 8 was Soft Light. Number 9 was Syzygy, uh, which... And correct me if I'm wrong, was that our first uh, Mustache Man episode? Yeah. It was. Yeah. And it was also Ryan Reynolds, I believe. Softlight was uh, also um, Big Coat's episode, yeah. by the way. Oh, yes, okay. yes. Uh, number 10 was Avatar. Number 11 was Wet Wired. Number 12, aw, Teleco. <laughs> number 13, Unusual Suspects. Number 14, Mind's Eye. And number 15 was Sure Kill, which means that after this, we never get an episode with a character named Officer Number 1, Officer Number 2, First Officer, or Second Officer. <laughs> Oh, spoilers. Wow. Just get rid of that. No more. Not even officer, you guys. Well, you know, according to Fox News, there's a reason for that. It's this Hollywood elite that hates the police. That's that's almost surely true. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, more fun facts. Robert Sherman and Lars Pearson in their book, Wanting oh, wow. to Believe, Critical Guide to the yes. X-Files, and the Lone Gunman, rated this episode one star out of five. Wow. Um, they... <laughs> the episode is overly dull, noting that you watch here with open mouth amazement that writer Greg Walker can spin this premise out for 45 minutes. But it's not quite my reaction to it. I watched in open mouth amazement as he did not spin this premise out for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, as always, like, I, this episode, no, this episode is not good. But, no. <laughs> but, like, I just think of so many other X Mythology episodes. <laughs> Yeah, that are nothing so boring happens. Yeah, so terrible. Yeah, because yeah, there were some entertaining things, and you know we have confirmation basically that Scully has Mulder's oh, genie. So, she's oh, absolutely, <laughs> just awful. So, <laughs> so uh, the it ends with uh, stating that they um, the episode takes itself far too seriously, which resulted in <laughs> life lifeless guest characters. Uh, speaking of lifeless guest characters, oh um, no! <laughs> I'm sorry, that was, that was really bad for something that's actually pretty sad. Um, 
Kelly Waymeyer, who played Tammy Payton, uh, died November 13th, 2003. She would have only been uh, 30, 30, 36. I can't do math. She was pretty young. <laughs> yeah, she was at 36. Um, and she died apparently of a, uh, okay, I have a real problem with these Wikipedia writers. <clears throat> An undiagnosed cardiac arrhythmia, which was related to a faulty mitral valve prolapse, which was a condition that she was diagnosed with, which means that the cardiac arrhythmia was not undiagnosed. Yeah. Those aren't the same things, you guys. Um, it was a condition she was diagnosed with as a teenager, um, and why she wasn't going to the doctor regularly and getting it checked out, I don't know. Uh, my suggestion is everybody go to the doctor, get your stuff checked out. Right now. This is from a guy who goes to the doctor every five years, sort of, and skips the blood test, but still, do it anyway. <laughs> Um, can I just read something from IMDb's trivia? Um, in reality, comma, Michael Bowen and Robert Patrick are biker buddies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yes, that is exactly how that's how that's phrased. I found that weird too. That's so bizarre. In reality, they are biker buddies. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? Um, another death in this show is uh, gangster number two. He died. Uh, right before the show aired, so they actually, Five like, ago all today. the way... So that's who that was. Yeah, there's a, a in uh, in memory of, and it's gangster number two. Oh. He died in a car accident with his brother. Gangster or gangbanger number two? Oh, maybe gangbanger. Because I was seeing gangbangers listed. The yeah, name is gangbanger, sorry. Yeah. Please, Tammy, have some respect. He's gangbanger number two. <laughs> the guy who plays um, uh... I can't remember the name of the brother, Randall, uh, yeah. Patrick, Patrick Kilpatrick, best name. Yes. Um, so was in uh, Angel and Dark Angel and everything else. Like, he's been in everything. Yeah. Like, I, I, I recognize him, but I don't know what even from because he's just been in every single show ever. Well, and Michael Bowen, uh, who played Dwight, also has been in everything. He's been in um, Breaking Bad, he's been in Lost, he's been in like all kinds of stuff. Ice. So. Um, he played. I, about, he uh, played the ice cream man in the ice cream man. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Kilpatrick did. Can we? Can we? Uh, can we talk about his mini bio on IMDb? <clears throat> as rugged as he is, genteel, six foot two, two hundred and two <laughs> yes, yes. pounds. Patrick Kilpatrick has been one of the finest screen and television character actors and villains of his generation, playing against a spectrum of Hollywood's leading action heroes while occasionally delivering the redemptive, even seven sensitively challenged, hard-edged heroic role. Uh, skipping ahead a little bit, in a whirlwind 18-month period, Kilpatrick did five major studio films, two independent, and 27 television guest star spots on 18 different shows. The pace continues to present with appearances on Boomtown, Las Vegas, Blind Justice, CSI Crime Scene Investigation, 24 as secret serious agent Dale Spaulding, the man who killed Jack Bauer, Criminal Minds, <laughs> and James Woods' Shark. Um, he has been in everything, but... Uh, this mini bio is not that mini. Yeah. He is the president and CEO of Uncommon Dialogue Films, the writer slash producer slash director of the upcoming film Vain Attempt. In addition to Vain Attempt, UDF has a dynamic slate of arresting movies including Naked Warriors, set in the Pacific in 1943, Lady Pirates, The End of the Onslaught, set Lady in Pirates. Germany, <laughs> and Nine Heroes and the Rape of Nanking, set in 1937 China. Oh. Um, wow. Can I just say, if, you, if your surname is Kilpatrick, don't call your son Patrick. <laughs> what if he's like Kilgrave? What Ooh. if he picked it himself? <gasps> Kilgrave? Kilgrave? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, he must have picked it himself because his he was born as Robert Donald Kilpatrick Jr. Oh, well then so, fuck this guy. So he, he chose Patrick. <laughs> Why did he choose Patrick Kilpatrick? Like, so we'd all like talk about how stupid his name was. <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> so yeah, his, his parents were not trying to do that to him. He did it himself. All right, are we ready to get into Shergill? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Can I say, my first note is, the guy on the phone at the start is the worst actor ever. <laughs> Particularly, like, he's so terrible Chase. on the phone. Yeah, Chase. He's so terrible on the phone, but when he runs into the police station, we're playing the pronoun game, where he won't say what is going on. He's just like, who? they're like, who's out there? And he's like, we have to get him! And I wrote my notes, just say why you aren't safe. Don't just go, oh, he's coming to get me. You don't understand. He's coming. Who? What do you want about? It really annoys me in, yeah. in things where people just don't, they don't have a calm conversation. They don't go, excuse me, kind officer. But uh, this man is after <laughs> me. And, um, you know, I think he can find me. He's like a crazy uh, sniper man and blah, blah, blah. And I was wondering if you could help me. Like, I just hate it when they just spout stuff because they, you know, they're worried about revealing stuff in the plot. It really annoys me. But it would be funny if he was freaked out on the phone outside and then he ran crazy into the police station and then he said, he stops and then just goes, excuse me, kind officer. Can you please <laughs> Excuse me that, sir. Are you James uh, Franco? So, yeah. <laughs> excuse me, not James Franco. Excuse me, sir, without a lisp. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they put him in a jail cell and, and say that, uh, oh, he'll be safe in there, but he says he is not safe in there. And then we get the worst blood Why doesn't he just lie? Why doesn't he lie and say that he has claustrophobia or he has a condition or something? Instead of just being a crazy freaking out person. You know what I mean? Like, there are ways around this. It's like, oh, it really annoys me. People in the X-Files do not know how to cloak out their shit. No. And they do not know how to lie. Like, I don't get it. I guess. So the blood is the worst blood we've seen on this show. Oh, yeah. It looks like really thick, like, kid's finger paint. It looks like something. the soda I'm drinking at the moment, to be honest. Whoa. I'm, I'm drinking a nice raspberry and lemon soda, and that's what it looks like. Blood soda. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe he couldn't lie because he was distracted by the eyes of Central Ohio Film Critics Association Award winner for Best Supporting Actor in Spring Breakers, James <laughs> Franco. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a terrible movie. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, Spring Breakers. Oh. Uh, and then we've got the non-award winning opening credits. Oh, ah. sorry. So side note about the opening credits. Ah. So um, David Duchovny was recently on Nerdist. So I was listening was to he? that. Yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about like just, you know, different things. He They were actually talking about opening credits just in general. And he's like, oh, yeah. He goes, I, I kind of hated like having to just... Um, go in and shoot things just for the credits. He's like, like him you know, like, down? <laughs> exactly. He, <laughs> he's sad. He goes, like, I came in one day and the script said that I had a scene where I was having to shoot a scene where I was falling into an eye. And then I realized it was for the credits. <laughs> like, wow, that was so intentional to have him just stupidly falling into an eyeball. Oh, amazing. But the fact that of all the credit things they could have discussed, that's what they yeah. talked about. I uh, I needed to make sure that Claire knew about it. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Tammy. That fills my heart with joy. Oh, it's my favorite thing, the credits. Like, as I said before, I honestly didn't think the credits could get worse, and then they did that, but it's so bad, I kind of love it. <laughs> like, it oh, makes oh. so... It's like... 
nonsensical. It doesn't make yeah. any sense at all. It's so dumb. Um, and it's the expression on his face where he's like, huh? <laughs> and to think, oh, like, I, I know when we originally had talked about it, we said, oh, that's probably another, like, a scene of him falling from mm. another time in the show. Well, because we have that scene of him yeah, falling in that yeah, first episode. Yeah. Yep. No, no, apparently that is was just recorded for the credits, so oh, there we go. Amazing. Um, all right, so we're at the police station. Scully and uh, Doggett are there, and they're trying to identify how he was shot. Scully has and... giant hair in this episode as well, by the way. Yeah, it's yeah. really Her hair is poofy. really poofy. I was like, ooh, ooh, what's going on? Yeah, the weather, I think, maybe was affecting it or something. I don't know what's happening, but yeah. Um... Doggett is saying who the guy was, Carlton Chase, 39, well-to-do realtor, single. Um, <laughs> in a way, I was like, I wonder if Doggett just knew all that about him, because Doggett knows everything. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he produced the photo. <laughs> nice. Yeah, all of the stuff he has written down is stuff when he heard the guy died. He's like, well, I'll just write down everything I know about this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's see, he's a realtor. I know Charlie bought a house from him. Charlie, <laughs> you know Charlie. He, he works at the, the bakery down the corner. <laughs> Fran's husband. Um, so they they couldn't find the bullet holes in the walls, and so Scully's like, well, it was entered through the top of his head. So <laughs> they go looking up the ceiling, and there, sure enough, is a hole and a little a little tiny vent, which I was like, is Tombs in this episode? Like, Tombs' yeah, kid? Like, seriously. maybe he had a kid, and we're getting this a... This is when I got excited, because I thought, maybe we have noted uh, Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe assassin uh, Bullseye, played by Colin Farrell <laughs> in his blue alligator coat. And I was like, oh, that'd be amazing if you just hear him cackling, going, ha ha, it's me, Bullseye, the most Irish assassin in the world. Goodbye, ha ha. Oh, I'd love it. Um, Scully sticks a pencil up in the hole. <laughs> yeah. And they go all the way to the top of the roof. And so I, I just want to talk about the fact this means this lumbering creep um, was chasing this guy down. So I'm going to the police station, uh, shimmied up this little ladder, like ran up and then shot him and then like got down. Like, I just want to see that scene. <laughs> um, Doggett uh, also produces a little piece of fabric that it was, uh, he said it's wrapping a towel around a pistol to muffle the sound. And uh, notice guys, he took it and he put it in a little evidence bag. <laughs> yes. He didn't lick it. Also, he didn't stick up his nose or anything. To, uh, according to the X-Files wiki, his comment about it being the Godfather trick means... But they also note that this is actually not an effective way of silencing your gun, so if you're gonna go out and get your murder on, don't try that that method. <laughs> yeah! I was thinking caught. that isn't gonna silence it at all, like... Yeah, it's rubbish. Worked fine for Michael Corleone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Scully thought, well, maybe he's got, like, some kind of imaging technology, which I thought was, you know, okay. Like, obviously the guy can't, uh, in theory, see through the ceiling, so how would he be able to? Maybe there's... Unless he's a teleco. Like, nah. Teleco, is this a relative of yours? What? What is going on the past two weeks, you guys? (laughs) keep accusing me. You say, hey, Teleco, did you do this murder? Hey, Teleco, did you have a relative that murdered this person? What is this bullshit about? I thought we were friends. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, maybe stop accusing me of murders. <laughs> oh, boy. Um. So the next scene, we've got... Uh, I, you know, we have to talk no, more about, okay, like, about this... Like, Doc's like, oh, okay, so he's got some kind of... Uh, he's got some thermal imaging machine or something? So he's like, no, I don't think so. 
No, no, Scully yeah. said does he have the thermal imaging machine? And Don oh. said okay, he, it says he wouldn't have able to carry it up the stairs. Up the so okay. Scully actually tried, okay. and then she was oh, like, then she all right, like, now oh, I'm going for broke. I still was like, well, maybe he did carry it up there. Well, yeah, I mean, Doggett immediately uh, rejects the idea that perhaps it's rugged and genteel six foot two, 220 pound Robert Kilpatrick <laughs> carrying mm. that 90 pound piece of equipment up there, which I think he could have done. Yeah, he's pounds. rugged and genteel. Yeah, like, yeah. throw in a backpack, uh, climb up that ladder. <laughs> yeah. Look, Doggett, you're a manly man. You know what, uh, what can be carried by men and <laughs> aren't. You're the manliest of men. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. <laughs> Maybe his manliness causes him to underestimate other men. Oh. He's like, no man could be as manly as, as I. <laughs> and why wouldn't you just assume that there's like one guy on the roof that has this thermal imaging thing and another guy that's chasing this guy to the police station? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes just as much sense yeah. as anything. Scully's way too fast to jump through X-ray eyes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do that. Wow. And I like that she she's like, well, I'm not saying it. I'm just kind of saying it. Um, guys, okay, guys, so- what if we find out that after, like, that Mulder is dead, okay? So he's actually dead, and his ghost is yeah. haunting Scully, and that's why she is acting like him. Because every time she has to deal with a case, he kind of takes over. So it is actually oh. that she is Mulder. What about that? Oh! Fox yeah. Mulder is dead. That must be known if anything good is to come of this story. <laughs> Um, all right, so we're yeah we're in front of a warehouse building, and it's the AAA One Sure Kill Exterminators. A <laughs> little, little much with the title. Of that <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it definitely looks like I don't know. There's like spray cans, there's tubing, there's all kinds of stuff. And uh, Tammy's sitting at her desk, and she's looking at a newspaper that says local realtor murdered, mysterious death while in custody of police. <laughs> She hits the answering machine and she hears Chase from the beginning, um, calling calling somebody out. We just assume it's her, you know, because she kind of erases that junk. So. She's the only woman in the episode. Exactly. Um, she tries to go for a ca- the cash box. Uh, she unlocks it and sh- it's empty. And Dwight walks in. He's a real... <laughs> creeper that Dwight they're both uh, creeps Ugh. yeah Dwight's less of a creep as his creep brother yeah yeah Ugh. oh no I think Dwight is much creepier than than Randall because really Rand- yes because Randall's so dumb I don't think there's a lot going on for him to purposely be creepy I think he's uh, I don't know that I think Dwight just staring like, just a scary McGee correct, so I, correct I don't think he can really do much more he can barely talk he has like two lines in the entire episode Whereas Dwight, I think he's just gross. I mean, he knows that his brother is watching them later on when he wants to have sex with Tammy. And that's why he's going to. I mean... You know what? All these people need to... They're all creeps. All of them. Another thing we should talk about right now is, like, this whole, like, stealing all this money nonsense. Like, at one point we're talking about $700,000. Why do they all look like they just stepped out of an episode of Hoarders? Like, everybody looks disgusting in this episode. Uh, so, yeah, there's, like, a... He sees that the answering machi- machine light is blinking, but it's somebody, uh, Ooh, completely... There gone. it goes. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, somebody from before, so... Um, Tammy's like, hey, did you hear about Carlton Chase? Uh, that was pretty scary. 
And then, um, Dwight goes in there, shuts the door. I, I don't know. The, this whole thing is, like, I don't know. We don't... Yeah. Like, we... this. Oh, yeah, this is when we see Randall, like, outside attacking a rat. He's got a bucket of dead rat. Again, we're really getting uh, yeah. to Hoarder's territory. Yeah. I was like, I didn't get the rat thing. I was like, what? what? Why do you have a bucket of dead rats? <laughs> Why do you bring your rats home with you yeah. after you kill them? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Dwight goes out and says, hey, Randall, are you avoiding me? Um, you want to tell me what happened last night? So apparently Dwight was not there with Randall the night before. Oh, I have a question. So, so I mean, I, I, I do not get the whole um, dynamics of this thing that because one brother has really bad eyesight, the other one has X-ray vision. Okay. Like, <laughs> because the X-Files writers don't understand how twins work, as we saw in uh, in Roland. Um, but also, like, I was like, if you're, like, I don't know if he's losing his eyesight or he's just got really bad eyesight or whatever. But I was like, why do you have your office, like, super dark? <laughs> like, get some lights in there, man. Like. I don't yeah, understand help, it. Because it's not like he's completely blind. He can't see things. So I'm sure having. No, because he gets the lights out area. later and that helps him yeah. see her eyes. So I was like, so yeah. light helps. So get some lamps. That's all I'm saying. Does he, how does he run this business? No idea. Well, he gets, I guess he gets her to read everything. and. Yeah, uh, later on when we find out that they're twins, I was like, they don't even look like they're brothers. Like mm. when they mentioned that they're brothers, I was like, I get that they're fraternal twins, but it's. Which makes it even dumber. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> this whole thing is so stupid. Oh, but we have to talk about how Dwight brought Randall his favorite sandwich. <laughs> Out there by the rats? Um, <laughs> while he's throwing, while he's emptying his dead rat bucket. Um, and it's his favorite sandwich. It's a meatloaf sandwich with mayonnaise and ketchup. Ooh. Fuck Ooh. that shit. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> ketchup is disgusting anyway. So. Meatloaf is disgusting. A meatloaf sandwich sounds even worse. A meatloaf sandwich with mayonnaise and ketchup sounds like I would rather eat from the bucket of dead rats. <laughs> <laughs> like, how is that your... Okay, maybe you like that sandwich. All right, you're gross, but that's your favorite... That's your favorite sandwich in the world of sandwiches. In the universe of possibilities between two slices of bread. Meatloaf, you were saying, like... A minute ago, sorry, Brad, but like, how does he do his job? But I just thought he's an exterminator, so they do rats and like bugs and stuff. I'm guessing bugs are small. He says that he can just see shapes. <laughs> so, how does he know what he's spraying? <laughs> Did, um, sorry, we didn't get rid of the bed bugs. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah. I managed to get your dog because it was big. <laughs> <laughs> you have any, if you have any bigger pests, if you get gators, let us know. <laughs> uh, so the next thing we're at Chase uh, Real Estate, 9.17 in the morning. Scully and Doggett are there. And um, they're just talking about what happened. Chase ran on foot. It's probably This is probably where it started. They're looking through the desk. Um, Doggett's like, what is that? Uh, and Scully found a stack of exterminators. <laughs> company mm. uh, invoices. Yeah. Six jobs in one month. Uh, so Doggett says he didn't know that was a requirement of selling a house. No, but I'm sure it goes a long way to help out with the situation. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. sees a, a gun and bullet casing on the floor and it turns out uh, it's a 45. The bullet that killed Chase was a 9mm. Um, Doggett switches the lights off and all of a sudden, there are bullet holes everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 
so crazy. How many rounds? Was they should have help? found shell casings everywhere is what should have happened. But they found one. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure. Were those supposed to be bullet cases? Was he supposed to firing out or was uh, was Randall firing in at him? No, they didn't uh, say he, he was firing out. out. Yeah, yeah, Scully says he was firing out. And that's why there, it was two different uh, guns. Okay. The one that killed him was a 9mm, and this is from a 45. Because I guess if Randall was firing in that, that often... <laughs> so I guess if Randall was firing in that often, he wouldn't have missed so much. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Also, can a gun... Like, I don't know what gun... I don't. I know nothing about guns, guys. Yeah. But whatever gun Randall is using can shoot through multiple walls. Like... Yeah. Does that Randall work? Like, I don't know how powerful a gun is. gun I mean, in the yeah. world. Yeah. Because it goes through the ceiling, through a ventilation system. Oh, well, he, sharp, he sharpens those bullets up. He just uh, puts a real <laughs> fine point on them. <laughs> uh, yeah, according to one of these things I read, they were supposed to be 9mm armor-piercing bullets. And I'm not sure if that's a real thing. I have no clue. I have no idea. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's a real thing. If somebody can figure out a way to make a, a bullet that does more, they'll make it. De- they definitely exist. <laughs> uh, so the next scene is, uh, it's 1132 at night. It's a warehouse. Uh, even though it's nighttime, there's light streaming in <laughs> the side. So that's a lot of street lighting. If oh, that's yeah. It's, it's a very well <laughs> warehouse. More than dealers we're, we're in real Baywatch Nights territory. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, that police station from the beginning very much looks like the police station that they filled with uh, concrete. concrete. <laughs> I think it might be the same location. Nice. You mean the police station that had Golden Schmoes nominated <laughs> in 2013 for Best Supporting Actor of the Year Spring Breakers James Franco in it? Yes, that one. <laughs> um, so they're... Uh, these gangbangers are there doing... or. No, they're not gangbangers. What are they? Uh, yeah, they're gangbangers. Oh, okay. They are. They are. Um, the uh, transcript writers just say man one. Oh, if this scene had gone all the longer, we would have seen some very disgusting action. Dwight, what I thought happened, because I was very confused at what was going on, is I thought he shot him out of his fingers. <laughs> well, this scene is like... Totally. I don't know if you guys have seen the comic book movie The Losers, starring Chris Evans and the beautiful Idris Elba, and also um, John Winchester, Tammy. But this is very similar to a scene because Chris Evans like goes into a room and has his back to a window and like puts his fingers up like a gun and manages to shoot the guys in the room. But it's because his pal is a sniper and is, is like across the street and is like shooting as and in time as when he goes pow pow. But uh, it really reminded me of that. But I would yeah. prefer it if it was that he just had magic fingers. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. uh, for a second until oh, yeah. uh, you know Randall walks in with the sm- literal smoking gun. <laughs> um, then uh, I really did think he was shooting them with his fingers. I was like, oh, is that what this is? Is that why it's an X file? He can shoot people <laughs> with his fingers. <laughs> um, but yeah, Randall's got the cloth wrapped around, you know, because it's got to muffle the sound of the gun. But it's uh, on. Doesn't fire. work. Nope. It absolutely works. Nope. If the Corleones can do it, it's (laughs) real, all right? (laughs) So Scully and Doggett are there the next morning looking at the scene. And and I guess it's the... (laughs) Scully says, it's precision markmanship, that's for sure. Who's I? It's like, wow. I know, she almost liked how well this guy, (laughs) how good this guy is at shooting. 
Because she's got bloodthirst uh, since she killed, uh, what's his face? Yeah, uh, this is also the scene where she starts talking about x-ray vision. Uh, and uh, our, the light our eyes can register is only a small portion of the electromagnetic spectrum. Well, and, yeah. you know, if uh, that changes, x-ray vision! <laughs> so, and uh, Doc gets even like, please tell me you're not talking about x-ray vision. <laughs> please. Um, but she is. Uh, even though she's trying to say she's not. And I like Doggett saying, well, calling Clark Kent. <laughs> I love Doggett. So, so Tammy. Yes? In this, uh, there are lots of officers walking around in this scene. Is this the scene no, that you believe no. has Indiana Film Journalists Award winner, <laughs> best actor for 127 hours, James Franco in it? No, because it, the, the image... It looks like it's in the, um, it's when they come back to the, yeah. uh, the uh, gigantic extermination uh, warehouse. Exactly, yeah. The very, very well-lit warehouse, whereas this is only a semi-lit warehouse. Right. <laughs> Why is their extermination business so large, by the way? <laughs> Why is their giant, disgusting, hoarder-looking <laughs> extermination business so large? No idea. I, yeah, that's what they do with all the money they steal. They actually <gasps> just expand their business <laughs> location. They just buy surrounding warehouses. <laughs> like, can't he? Like, can he? Could he? Like, use his like X-ray vision to like count cards or something? Like, there's gotta be like a better business model than this. I don't know if he can count, Brad. Look at it. <laughs> True. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, we're back in uh, Tammy's office, and she's counting money in the machine or whatever, and uh, Dwight is like, hey, uh, you got a second? Uh, see me in my office? And, oh, he starts having Tammy undress while Randall's watching, and you Ugh. just know Dwight, like, he's doing yeah. that because his nose, his brother is watching. Yeah, these herd of had a gross fuckers. I hate them. <laughs> they should go hang out with with uh, Cal Jeppy. Yeah. <laughs> oh. okay. And Tammy's even like, I feel like he's watching me. Because he's watching <laughs> you. Yeah. Ugh. So gross. Uh, and then we hear something, and Scully and Doggett are there. And they're like, hey, we're from the FBI. We need to talk to Dwight. Uh, or we need to talk to you and Dwight. <laughs> and um, he, he, they bring in all the, whatever called, the invoices. And why is he doing so much business with you? And then that's when we learn Dwight has bad peepers. Yeah. He's been legally blind since birth. <laughs> so put, put some, oh, put some lights on. <laughs> oh. Here's a question. Did we ever find out what the scam is? I don't think I ever figured it out. It's like I don't know what the scam is with Carlton. I mean, yeah, I know I, that they're making a bunch of money because yeah. they are shooting gangsters and well, they're, they're yeah, and then but then they're splitting up the money and then it, they're fencing it through him, so it looks like it's they can show where it's coming from. Oh, oh, that's why there's the yeah, six jobs in a month. Yeah. But it's stupid because it's $700,000 from this one guy. So you're just using that to cover your tracks. Like, oh, no, we got the money for the legitimate jobs. Why are your legitimate jobs $700,000 worth of exterminations for one guy? Why is he paying you ten times what he should be paying you? You can't even see bugs. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Doggett also says that Carlton called the office 14 minutes before he was murdered. And, uh... But there was no message on the machine. 
Also, the <laughs> Doggett brings out a little piece of the of the towel and is like, uh, we found this uh, the killer uh, wrapped a uh, towel around a gun like the Godfather. Also, it's soaked with this chemical that's used to kill bugs. Like, oh, you dummies, at least use a clean <laughs> towel. <laughs> they are really dumb. Like, even when they're asking, like, interviewing Dwight, he's like sh- the shiftiest shifty McGee ever. Like, oh, yeah, they're both so dumb. $700,000. Like, what the... Stop me. Take a shower. Buy some nice clothes. Stop. Like, what? Listen, if I am scamming my way into $700,000, even like a portion of it, let's say it was broken up somehow between all four of these kids. Yeah. Still, I am not carrying around a bucket of dead rats. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why don't you just stop having an extermination business? You should use it as a front. Like, yeah, why are you exactly. still carrying on, like, as exterminators? <laughs> That's not where your money's coming from, but you're still devoting a portion of your day to being an exterminator. Yeah, yeah. I just really like it. He loves you it, just Brad. like carrying around buckets of dead rats? Yeah, maybe. To take them home so you can throw them in your own dumpster <laughs> and then beat the living one with a stick? Hundreds what if, what of thousands of dollars. What if you need a snack? can't uh so yeah after jogging and scully leave this is when dwight takes the lighter to tammy's face yeah weirdo yeah and he he's like i don't get this because he's like i want to see your eyes to tell if you're telling the truth okay but this is a guy who runs around in the dark because he doesn't put on any lights because he's a weirdo but he's like legally blind since birth so he probably hasn't he hasn't got like the visual memory that someone who'd had sight their entire life would have so this made no sense to me because it's not like he's lost his sight you know so remembers facial cues and things like that i don't know it's just like this was really weird the way this was written also if you're wanting to use that to to look her in the eyes, you tell the truth maybe don't ask her the question first and then look Yeah, I mean, exactly. I know it's just he's just trying to intimidate her, but yeah. it's, it's a really weird intimidation. Yeah. I really thought he was going to try and burn her face. Yeah. Like, even if it's by accident, because he can't see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she she does admit that, oh, she accidentally hit a race instead of play. So, so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And then he kind of lets her go. And I don't understand her relationship with everybody in this episode either. I didn't even realize she was meant to be his girlfriend until later. I thought he was trying to rape her when he takes her in that room. And then I was like, oh, no, he's actually her sort of boyfriend. I was like, oh. Like, I I did also apparent, uh, like, she was at least, maybe she was being blackmailed into fucking, like, real estate guy. Yeah. Um... And, but she was fucking him. For yeah, sure. but she was definitely fucking him. Um, and then creepo Steri McGee just like just wants to fuck her, but instead he's just gonna stare through walls at her at all times. And she knows that and uses it to her advantage because yeah. she's the one that got him to no. kill Carlton. They're all just terrible. And again, I just say with this much money, <laughs> like all of you can make better life choices. It's the same like, thing with tombs. Like I don't understand your life plan. Like, yeah. you know, you have this, take advantage of it, get some money, and, you know, live a better life. Yeah, I don't, I just don't understand, like, like, buy a decent jacket, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so the next thing we've got Doggett looking at a computer monitor uh, with Dwight Cooper. He was arrested in 86 for Grand Theft Auto. And uh, Doggett's even like, how does a legally blind guy steal a car? Ben Affleck <laughs> did it in the Daredevil movie. <laughs> True. <laughs> and uh, oh, Doggett mentions that he's got a brother, Randall Cooper. And I, uh, okay, again, this guy can see through walls. Mm-hmm. They know, I mean, I'm assuming this didn't just happen recently. I'm assuming oh. this has always been the case. Um, you think if you're going to try to pull some kind of stunt, like instead of stealing a car, do something that involves this x-ray vision. Um, yeah. Like, go to one of those assholes that's doing the, the cup and balls. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, look at scratch your lottery tickets and figure out which one's going to have money on it. Like, I, there's so many solutions. Oh, West. Like, a pause, and then she says, they're twins. <laughs> like, ah. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, huh. What a coincidence. They were born on the same day. And they're brothers. I think they might be twins. <laughs> as, though that exp- as though it has any meaning Because whatsoever. they don't understand how twins works on this show. They think, twins, magic. One has bad eyesight, the other one obviously has really good eyesight. Yeah, the only thing that I thought came out of that was Doggett saying, well, they'll never ratty- rat each other out. Yeah, because um, like, when he said, I, I, I like, don't okay, like okay, twins... Yeah. Yeah, when he said I don't like twins, I thought he was going to say, like, they're spooky or something, or blah, 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 whatever, and then he's like, oh, they won't rat each other out. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense, because, yeah. 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 But, oh, yeah. Doggett always being an old-timey cop. <laughs> he's the best. <laughs> Sorry, John, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I just that um, it was... <laughs> really? Yeah, they never rat each other out. Oh, old-timey cop, got it. <laughs> the transfer providers have having... I'm looking through them, but, you know, it always depends on who... I think it's the Carrie K that really yeah. thinks he's Superman-ly. That's, we, we, we're getting her on the podcast, guys. Yeah, we're we're going to uh, make it happen. Because I think this one is Dr. Weish who wrote this. Oh. W-E-E-S-H. Because he makes a comment in this next scene um, where Randall is looking at Tammy uh, while she's taking a shower. Um, he says that that look reminds him of Johnny Faster. Hmm. And it does. It is yeah, a very Donnie yeah. Faster stare. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the only big comment that I saw. That I was like, oh. And then it says the sinister shot reminds Doctor Weish of whatever. And I know he's one of the transcribers as well. So. Yeah, I just did a search. The word manly does not appear in this transcript. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, so the next scene, we're outside of the Shirkill office at 7:44 in the morning. Tammy runs in. She unlocks a drawer to take out the cash box, but Dwight and Randall are right there. Oh, you're early. Hmm. Mm. And you accidentally left your car running. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But when he, when Dwight uh, goes to grab the cash box, she freaks out. Doggett and Scully uh, show up. And I think this must be the scene where maybe James Franco is in it because there's other officers in this scene. You mean 2014 Young Hollywood <laughs> nominated for Best Bromance with Seth Rogen, James Franco? Yeah. That's so he's one of the, um, he, he's supposedly one of the cops just wandering in the background. Uh, oh, oh, that, oh, there it is. is. Yeah. Got him. Yeah. <laughs> really? He just, he turns his head. Yeah. Yes, it's we me, James Franco. Winky wink. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
Nobody pay attention to the fact uh, uh, that guy has a lisp. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let him talk. You'll hear his lisp. Uh, so they are there to, um, they've got a warrant to search the place and Doggett <laughs> picks up the cash box, uh, opens it up and there's nothing in there. Which then makes it super weird that they're all, like, freaked out about this cash box. So they open it up and there's nothing in there. Yeah. I was like, I can't remember the combination. Like, really? Because, like, they're going to get to that cash box. Like, how? what do you think is going to happen? Yep. And uh, Dwight says, uh, you're not going to find anything to say otherwise. I run a clean business. And Scully says, I wouldn't be so sure. Can you explain these? And she just has folders with the word Chase building on them. <laughs> We do a lot of business with them. $700,000 worth of business to be exact. Uh, so next thing, we're at the police station in the uh, interview rooms, and Doggett's talking to Dwight, and Scully's talking to Randall. And when Doggett is talking to Dwight, Randall is just staring through the wall to his brother. <laughs> and reading his lips, I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Scully's trying to ask him about everything, but Randall's just staring ahead, uh, reading his brother's lips, and then finally said, um, he finally just says, I'm just a regular Joe, providing a public service. <laughs> Which is what Dwight had just told Dawkins. And they're even like, is that what your brother just said? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Scully just lays it all out there, like, yeah, I know you can see through walls, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and Randall's just like, no, we're exterminators. But I thought it would be hilarious. What if he couldn't see through walls? And then he's in this interrogation room with the with the FBI, and the agent just lays out all this stuff that says he has X-ray vision. <laughs> um, excuse me, ma'am, are you an idiot? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, she has to have have Mulder's genie because it's he does have X-ray vision. She's right, and it's the craziest yeah. thing. And I'm just like, oh, it's no good. Um, let's see. But, what, they're both let go at that point, right? Because they can't hold mm -hmm. them for anything, because they're basically saying, yes, that's just our job, and we work with Chase, uh, the Chase Building Company. Um, Tammy is also there, and they're trying to get something out of her, but she says she doesn't know anything. She just, uh, has the book of cash receipts. Mm. I've got a random I question. I just looked in my notes. Why does, in this episode, why does Doggett keep calling Scully agent? Is that, have we seen that in another episode? Because he just keeps calling her agent rather than Scully or Dana. I know he's never called her Dana. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's he called her, but hasn't he called her Scully? So I'm like, why does he keep calling yeah. her agent? Yeah, agent. but I think he's called agent, her agent. Come and look too. at this. Agent. Because the first time he said it, I thought he said Asian. So I was like, what? <laughs> 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 I was like, I'm so confused. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay, sorry. Um, did you guys know that there is such a thing as the blog of death? What? No. Yeah. I mean, I guess I should be surprised. Sorry. Researching this episode has taken me down some uh, very disturbing, <laughs> disturbing <laughs> paths on the internet. But uh, yeah, there's apparently a blog of death, and the entry for Kelly Waymeyer. It's not that long, and it's not that interesting. Just gives the basic facts, but the comments on it are fantastic. Oh, oh no, why? Can I, can I read you a couple? Sure. Yeah. 
from Paul Walters, who posted on November 24th, 2003, said, I just recently searched the web to find out this woman's name after seeing her on television, and now she's dead? It reminds me that life is as fragile as glass, brittle as eggshells, delicate as rice paper. Do your homework. Say your prayers. Don't go to bed angry. I knew of Kelly Waymeyer from Six Feet Under and an old Seinfeld episode. Sadly, I never saw her on Star Trek. She was beautiful and will be missed by many. <clears throat> that was amazing. Wow. Um, but more amazing. He didn't care about her that much. Yeah, oh, God, I just found out. I just, guys, hold your loved one close to you. Oh, my God. It's so fragile. It's all so fragile and bleeding. So, so this one from William on December 30th, 2009. <laughs> this one gets a little dark, you guys. <laughs> I just saw the blood episode of Seinfeld. I wanted to know who played Vivian, Elaine's friend. Also, you guys, you don't need the uh, the quotation marks. Her name was Vivian, not <laughs> Vivian. <clears throat> I wanted to know who played Vivian, Elaine's friend, because she is so adorable. I watched the credits and saw the name Kelly Waymeyer, so I googled her, hoping to find more things I can see this angel in. I don't oh get God. it. Kelly Waymeyer, Brittany Murphy, and Samantha Smith were all were adorable, fun-loving, decent people who were cut down in their prime through no fault of their own. But people like Amy Winehouse and Courtney Love are allowed to continue the destruction oh. of themselves oh, and their fans. No. Oh, no. Kelly Waymeyer was only on loan to us. She was so beautiful and sweet, God wanted her back. I guess that would explain Brittany Murphy and Samantha too. Who can blame him? Rest in peace, Kelly. You are missed by all of us. Wow. <laughs> you know, like 20 years after you've died, oh, you're missed oh. by all of us. I guess God wanted her back. Why doesn't God want Amy Winehouse? Well, (laughs) (laughs) you guys, blog of death is real. (laughs) There's also a a tweet blog at blog of death. Just to let you know. (laughs) Wow. Oh, good lord. Yikes. Uh, All right. right. Sorry. I felt need to walk down that little path. God. No, thank you, blog of death. Uh, So we're at the police station. Scully is at her desk. Or at a desk, I should say. <laughs> yeah, go <going> straight. <laughs> Doggett shows Scully a piece of paper that says, uh, here's Tammy Payton's phone records. Uh, I found something interesting. Uh, she keeps calling Carlton Chase, all of them late at night. <laughs> Wanna bet they weren't discussing escrow accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Uh, Tammy is in her apartment. She goes next door. She sees Randall. And we're, we just keep cutting back and forth between the two scenes. And um, so Scully's like, oh, so D- Dwight's girlfriend was also with Carlton. Well, that, that's great. Uh, and Doggett says, and he, he kills him or he orders him killed, assuming Randall's the trigger man. Um, Scully says, maybe Dwight's not the one who's jealous. And again, we've got Tammy and Randall together. And Tammy says, I know it was you. You still need help, Randall. Mm. Okay. And uh, the next scene, we're at the bus station. And Tammy's there with Randall, who's like, okay, if you really think this dude is out killing people, you've asked him to kill someone and he went and did it. And you think he's got x-ray vision and watching you. Don't even don't encourage it. To say, oh, I'll meet you at a bus station. Yeah, yeah she needs to get that book back though because she's got the safety deposit key. Oh, true. 
<laughs> Which hey, so that way she can leave the bank with the big oversized black bag full of money. <laughs> how would you keep that safety deposit key on you at all times? Yeah. Don't leave it in your like fake ledger. Also, like what is with in TV and movies? Everybody has a has a real ledger and a fake ledger. Like how I mean, about like Catherine Martell. Yes. <laughs> like how about you keep the fake ledger at home or like I don't know, just not in a book that says ledger. Keep it in a composition book. Also, both of them had no details, just numbers written down in both of the books. So I'm like, how did they know what any of this meant? I'm like, I, like, this doesn't even make sense. Like, I mean, it's 2000. Like, you're telling me you're not, you don't have some something on a computer at this point? Because they did have a computer, like, yeah. I think at the the AAA Sure Kill Extermination offices. Oh. Like handwritten ledgers, like what's up? Yeah. What's up, Bob Cratchit? What are you doing? <laughs> this is my favorite scene though, when she runs out of the bank with the big yes. black bag. Yeah, it's so good. funny. Yeah, because uh, um, Doggett and Scully are in her apartment, and they're like, I, I love this too, because again, Doggett, old-fashioned cop. Uh, Scully said, "Clothes are gone. Tammy left in a hurry. Maybe she thought someone was after her." And Doggett said, "Well, if someone's after you. You don't pack. You leave with what you're wearing." So obviously, she's the mandy to- way of doing it. Exactly. It's like, oh, yeah. Good point, Doggett. And then he starts 69's on the phone, and he uh, gets the number for the bus company. And, uh, yeah, and then Tammy leaves the bank with a big uh, <laughs> bag of cash. <laughs> like a cartoon. Why doesn't it have a dollar this sign on it? Yeah, with his swag. <laughs> all that it was missing. Uh, and Dwight is hiding in her car. How long has he been in that car? Oh. Like, how the like how long has he been there he can yeah. barely see so you're telling me he like was he was he in there when his brother was in the car when he'd been hiding out for that long like did he did he somehow follow her to the bank like and then like sneak in the back of her car no idea <laughs> i don't know and uh so yeah they've got we get to after dwight tells sammy to just shut up and drive we then cut to um, the bus station where Randall is like creepily looking around and three police cars show up. It's so creepy. And inside the Is, is one of them containing James Franco? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and then back inside the AAA one sure kill office, <laughs> Dwight is there with a magnifying glass looking at the two yeah. ledgers, which I swear are pretty much just numbers, right? Yes, like they're yes, just yeah. numbers. <laughs> And from what he can tell, there's a hundred thousand dollars difference. So, um, <laughs> so there's that. So and if you can see with a magnifying glass, you probably can get yourself a set of glasses. Exactly, they've got seven hundred thousand dollars. That's what I was just going to say. Seriously, get some robot eyes, like. <laughs> oh. Uh, and Tammy tries to explain herself about Carlton that she was being blackmailed. I don't feel like she was being blackmailed. I think no, she just wanted not. to sleep with Carlton. No. Uh. <laughs> If your choice is Carlton or this creep, or these two yeah, creeps... exactly, I mean, yeah. Why does Carlton want to sleep with her? <laughs> she just seems like a bit of a sad sack. Even in this, like, hoarder, like, exterminator business. And also, her apartment looks like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> She's stealing all this money. Why is everyone living in Hoarderville? <laughs> well, obviously, Brad, all the money was up in the bank, so no one was even using any of the money. <laughs> I mean, like, I get maybe you want to, like, cloak it out for a while, leave the money, like... You a little bit. You you a little bit comes into your income. You can yeah, buy yourself well, yeah, new yeah. shoes. You can you can 
you can buy yourself an apartment where you don't have to have your boss come over and exterminate things first. Mm. <laughs> like dogs or cats. Because <laughs> 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 your boss can see. <laughs> uh, so Dwight is threatening Tammy and then Randall shows up and tells uh, Randall, well, here you go. She ripped us off. Uh and you knew it, so you're going to have to take care of it while I go figure out a way to uh, forgive you. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's such a dick. <laughs> also, like, killing her at your place of business in the daytime. Yep. Like, no, this is the stupidest plan. <laughs> and he starts wrapping the gun in cloth. <laughs> Just in case, who's going to hear it? Who? This building is five acres. <laughs> well, Brad, so, look, um, look, Brad, if there was, you know, it's quite a big town, maybe there was another pair of twins born in that town. One of them was born deaf, so obviously the other one has super hearing. Oh, that makes sense. Doesn't want them uh, to... Claire, I, I know that your sister isn't a twin, but <laughs> does yeah. she have super hearing? Um, uh, no. Oh. Not as far as I know. If she, if she has, she's doing a good job at cloaking it out. Uh, she is she's quite a lot richer than me, so maybe she has, and she's you know doing something sneaky and uh, cloaking it out, and just hasn't told anyone. Not sharing. Mm. Wow. Does she have a version of Skype that never has a delay, <laughs> or like, uh, can actually hear the future in Skype? No. <laughs> just asking. Just asking. Okay. She can hear the future in Skype. <laughs> she can hear things seven seconds to twenty-five <laughs> seconds before they happen. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've got Randall who ends up shooting his brother through the wall. <laughs> Out outside, shoots him, kills him. He's outside in the daytime. Everyone's an idiot. Uh, yep, shoots him in the forehead. Why? So just because he wants him to shoot the girl. Just don't shoot the girl. Yeah. Just don't. Oh, trigger happy fucker. And uh, so they're inside the police station. Scully's looking through the winter window where Randall is sitting. And um, Doggett's like, has he said anything? Scully's like, no. Uh, he came in and he's declined representation. Aside from that, he's uncommunicative. Which makes sense because the guy said like five words the whole yeah. episode. And they're looking, they're on the lookout for Tammy Payton, but nothing so far. And uh, She's a Scully proper body welder. Yeah. <laughs> Through that. <laughs> oh, Bonnie Wilder. <laughs> God, I miss Bonnie Wilder. Uh, <laughs> we're going to build it together. <laughs> oh, just a handshake at the end God. of the interviews. Guys, okay. you need to go back and listen to our Unsolved Mysteries at April Fool's Day episode. It's a real classic. As Gully says, um, some of the creepiest things she's ever said. Yeah. He watched her every day, wherever she was. A man who could look at anything in the world and he chooses her like it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. He must have seen something in her that she could not see in herself. Which, to Doug's point, well, if you're suggesting you can see her heart, uh... <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> uh, you're out of FBI ter territory on this one. And also, yeah, exactly, Scully, like, what would he see in her... That's like an emotional thing, not a physical thing. He's only seeing physical attributes. Also, she's a terrible person. <laughs> like, I don't care what you... No, but deep down inside... No, deep down inside, look, she's the worst. It's just mm -hmm. dark and 
black. Also, yeah. if he can x-ray through and see physical attributes like her heart, maybe tell her to go see a doctor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and we pan to the interview room where Randall is looking through the walls at a picture of Tammy on a computer. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yes, it ends with, um, the credits with the, uh, the in memory of Gregory Nathan Boniface. Who's also. Gangbanger number two. Yeah. Also, in the credits, James Franco is straight up listed co-star. Yeah. <laughs> officer number two. Um, you mean guy in the background of one scene <laughs> that turns his head? <laughs> How did he get billing above the guy that actually... They, yeah, because that guy got no billing. Actual <gasps> officer number two? Not listed anywhere. Somebody made a mistake. The guy that was actually supposed to get the money, like, did not get it. Because mm-hmm. they put the wrong co-starring guy. Somebody got screwed out of a paycheck. Yeah. And this is how James Franco got his entire career. Mm. <laughs> <By> a flute. <gasps> Motherfucker. I knew that you couldn't trust 2015 Grammy Award nominee for Best Spoken Word album, the album Actors Anonymous, James Franco. I never have. Um, Spoken Word album from James Franco. Hey, anybody, go listen to that. Listen to that lisp. (laughs) You actually shouldn't trust James Franco because he's really creepy and disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so there's that. Uh, so that was the episode Sure Kill, guys. Mm. So uh, let's see. Mulder versus Scully versus Doggett. 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 I mean, like, do we have an option at this point? Like, oh, no, no, it's Doggett. Take it to the Scully's doghouse. Scully's talking about looking into people's <laughs> hearts, like, and she's turning into Mulder. It's horrible. Yeah. She did do that cool thing with a pencil, though. That was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now let's go find out where the where this pencil is. Oh, that's where he shot from. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, we've got uh, Monster Runaway. Who's the monster? Which one of them is the monster? Oh, hell. 2014 Clotrudis Award winner for Best Adapted Screenplay, <laughs> As I Lay Dying, James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The person that billed James Franco is officer number two. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a monster. Mm, let's see. Uh... See, I would say Dwight is yeah oh, the monster. <sighs> Scariness of Dwight. Yeah, because yeah, he could take up. a he could take a lighter put in your face and accidentally burn you without being doing it on purpose. Yeah. He'll go and shoot your dog. <laughs> true. He's also an oh. idiot who has really bad vision. Oh, oh but Mark, but yeah. like doesn't turn on any lights, doesn't use his <laughs> seven hundred million trillion dollars to go and buy some glasses. Um so you could really just like kick him in the balls and run away also how scary would it be like you have a you have some sort of insect infestation in your home and you call somebody to like and it's a guy that can't even see <laughs> like how is he gonna kill the bugs he doesn't even know they're there oh man uh creativity no no, no, no not really no actually leaks creative <laughs> Ugh, sex appeal <laughs> no thank you Mm-mm. All right, it's time for feedback. Claire, do you have anything? Yes, let me just click on my Hotmail tab, Tammy. (laughs) Sorry. This is from Heidi. Hey, guys. I think the killer killer was Superman. He flew into the roof, used his (laughs) X-ray vision to know where the guy was in his cell, and used his heat vision to bore through all the layers of ceiling to kill him. Murder solved! Nice. <laughs> Hilarious. Dwight and Randall are an interesting pair. They remind me of the robbers on Home Alone. Their character types, not their looks. <laughs> this is a real stretch to call this an X-File. Scully thinks it's Superman 2. <laughs> That's Superman T-O-O, not Superman 2, the movie. I mean. <laughs> Randall is a real peeping Tom. 
I think I'm supposed to feel sorry for him. At least he took out Dwight, I guess. This episode started out better than it ended. Until next time, Heidi. Thanks, Heidi. Yeah, it did, especially when I thought he was just shooting people with his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got a voicemail here. Uh, a guy who can see through walls. <laughs> Uh, is this the point where they officially started running out of ideas? I mean, walking through walls, I guess, is really useful and can be fun. Kitty pride, yeah, but sitting through walls is kind of boring. And I was just so bored by this episode. I really am not sure what happened because I kept losing focus. There was some pervy guy looking at people through walls and some guy killing drug dealers and I don't really know how the real estate agent fit into it. I missed that part. And I saw on IMDB that James Franco was in it and I completely missed him somehow. But <laughs> yeah I don't know. I did I thought I recognized the name of the director and it turns out he directed the episode of Grimm that I was in, but you know, they cut my scene so you won't see me so I don't know if he had anything to do with it, but fuck that guy anyway. So, anyway, yeah, they've done better. Um, talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Will. You weren't riveted by, you weren't riveted by watching a guy stare at things. It's <laughs> 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 okay. a star-making turn. Uh, we got an email here from John. <clears throat> John Doggett. He'll give you a firm handshake and look in the eye like a man. He's an old-fashioned cop that can smell an ex-con from a mile away. He's got a taste for Elvis Presley. And just like the Big E, he'll take care of business. <laughs> when you have eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. This is a quote I hold in high regard, not because it was stated by Sherlock Holmes, but because it was said by Spock in Star Trek Six and Discovery Country. Uh, great flick. Having said that, as manly and old-fashioned dog it is, I think his cop status is clouding his investigator judgment. There's a dead guy with a bullet wound to the head, and the last two people to see him alive both had guns on them. <laughs> Try starting there. <laughs> And then look into the possible tomb slash teleco explanation <laughs> yes, in the air event. Yes. Could everyone please stop indicating me in <laughs> Listen, I drink brain fluid. I do not murder people with guns through events. I could bore you with the ballistic inaccuracies of how energy is displaced and projectiles are redirected when traveling through solid objects, but an X-ray vision sniper is pretty cool. Is it? <laughs> in the end, I feel bad for Randall. He needs to get out of prison and become the Robin Hood of the ghetto. I'd watch that show. <laughs> um, no, he's a creep. Uh, not a great episode, but not horrible. I'll give it six out of ten rat carcasses. Whoa! Oh, <laughs> Gross. Yeah. So he's saying that he thinks that it's more likely that Golden Globes nominee in 2009 for best performance in an act by an actor in a motion picture, comedy, or musical for Pineapple Express, James Franco, murdered the guy in there. <laughs> then a guy standing on the roof. Hmm. Also, I was thinking that that particular actor looked a lot more like uh, John Sterling than it did James Franco. Mm. Yes. <laughs> True. Oh that. man. 
All right, it's time for ratings. Jonathan, what is your rating for Sure Kill? Um, it's a, uh, it's about a five-ish. Yeah, we'll just go with five <laughs> out of ten. Uh, Academy Award nominees for two, in 2011 for Best Performance Actor in a Leading Role for 127 Hours, James Franco. Nice. Uh, Claire. Um, it was okay. Like, oh, oh, I predicted like two weeks. I will completely forget this episode, apart from the the James Franco. Um, but I, I don't think I'll remember anything else. So I don't know. I'm gonna give it five out of ten. Patrick kill Patrick kill Patrick kill Patrick kill Patrick. <laughs> Brad. Yeah, this was I, this was mediocre. It was fine. I mean, it's it's an X file, all right. Um, it's like a most standard boring ass episode of X-Files ever it's eh, whatever I still don't understand why the fuck these people aren't using these dollars what's the point um, oh and by the way they were stealing all that money and they were also selling the drugs let's not forget that they were also selling the drugs making so much fucking money <laughs> they're living in garbage hoarderville and still being exterminators for kicks I guess um, which I don't understand I'll give it five out of ten of, of the worst sandwich ever. <laughs> Wait, do you think these guys were dollar hoarders? Oh. Maybe they just got the dollars and hoarded them. Mm, that makes sense. Maybe. Makes sense. Can you imagine if we watch a hoarders episode, Brad, and people are just hoarding dollars in their house? <laughs> but then there are just rats crawling through all of it. <laughs> there was one where a guy had all these checks that was like worth like $100,000. Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah, eh, this episode was meh. Yeah. I mean, it did make me go back to see the beginning thinking James Franco was in the beginning, and I was like, nope, not him. I'm moving on. I can't watch this episode a second time. Uh, so I will probably never be watching this episode again, I'm sure. Uh, and like Claire, I have a feeling I will forget the episode. Yeah, I've forgotten it already. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh... It wasn't terrible, it just, there was nothing memorable about it. And you would think a guy with x-ray vision should be a memorable episode, and it's just not going to be. So, I'm going to say 5 out of 10 Clark Kent's. <laughs> so, everyone's given this episode a 5, therefore the rating is 5. Five. <laughs> so, it was neither here nor there. The fiveiest 5 of all 5s. <laughs> 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 Lowest rated episode of the season so yeah. far. Yeah. Wow. That's sad. Um, all right. So next week we have the episode Salvage. Mm. Predictions for Salvage? They've been very stingy with Crycheck um, lately. So they are going to uh, bring him back and he's going to be a star show and it's going to be their attempt to salvage some of my appreciation for the X-Files. <laughs> <laughs> Through my love of Crycheck. <laughs> um, I, I think it's going to be about a salvage shop. Like, if we got a real Fred Sanford situation. That's exactly what I was <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and uh, basically, you know, Lamont's got like, he's got like super smelling abilities. Um, and they're using that in a way that's not very useful. Um, and Doggett does some old cop things. <laughs> and he's very manly. And they have a terrible sandwich. Ugh. Oh. And uh, I'm 
when do we start thinking that Mulder's coming back since we know he's going to be in like 10 or oh, 11 episodes? It's going to have to be soon. Because there's not, yeah, because we're already on episode 9 out of 21. Do you think they're just going to hold him and like just have us like the rest of the season him? I think so, yeah. I think so. So that's why, I think that's why like, we, we haven't got, stuff. yeah, we haven't got like a real arc going on with these episodes at the moment. You know, like at the start it was kind yeah. of, oh, it's Mulder and now we've sort of forgotten about him. And it's going to be like, oh, maybe everyone's forgotten about Mulder and then he's going to appear and he'll be in every episode for the rest of the season and we'll be very grumpy about it. I'd rather have I would rather have the evil table come back than Mulder. <laughs> I know! I love the evil table. Like, have it be a character. Well, we uh, had the evil table turn up in uh, Jessica Jones, an episode of Jessica Jones yeah. the other day, so it's getting work, I'm glad, you know. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jonathan, for joining us. Where can we find you on the internet? Oh, you just uh, you just type my name into Google, and uh, we'll see what happens. Oh. Ooh. Also, press that uh, I'm feeling lucky button. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Is that still a thing? Can you still do that? I, ah, I think so. I think so. Um, oh, look. also... Next week we should be right. Next week is when we start Lone Gunman. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. fuck. <laughs> so next week we'll be starting Lone Gunman, guys. So yay, yay. Mm. Well, I've just <laughs> typed in Jonathan Pope, and I'm feeling lucky, and it's taken me to Facebook <laughs> for oh. an artist called John Pope. Oh, so, yeah, it's not exciting. Well, Claire, I haven't, I haven't answered to your question from last week. I almost forgot. Oh. Uh, you were asking about if you could get a model made of your head. Uh, do you, don't you keep that? Yeah. The answer is no. You put it on eBay to fund oh, yeah. your trip to Ireland. Ah, I know this. It, I know this story. You sell it to yeah, a lady in Florida who yeah. keeps it in her music room where she watches it while she plays piano. Please, can you, can you um, elaborate on this story, John, for, for Tammy and Brad's benefit? Because I know the story. I'd completely oh, forgot it. Well, you've heard the creepiest part, I think. Um, <laughs> I had a friend who was doing a, uh, she was in a makeup and movie effects class. Uh, and so she used me as her model. She made a plaster cast of my head um, and then used that as her model for several different effects. She made a mask of uh, an orc, which there are some nice pictures of me wearing an orc mask. Um, but after the class was over, she gave me the plaster cast and a cast that was just of my face, which I think my friend Lou probably still has in the back of a closet somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but the head we put on, my friend Rick put on eBay, uh, mostly because I didn't know what to do with it. And he said, let's sell it. And I said, OK. And also, so we should say, age. Rick is a bit of an eBay wheeler dealer. So. Oh, oh, Rick has always got some some scheme going. And frankly, I mean, I used to think it was crazy. Now I really respect him for it because the man has kept this up four years while holding down a legitimate job. So, yep. yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I used to think it was nuts. Now I think it's nuts and amazing. Yeah, so, it is. <laughs> Me too. Um, he, uh, he put it on eBay and sold it. I can't remember. I think it was about $35 it sold for. Wow. Uh, and that's in two thousand three dollars. So, <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, so it, we sold it uh, to a lady in Florida. Um, God, I don't me. remember her name. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not me. I don't have. It's, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I want to remember her name, but uh, yeah, she keeps it in her uh, in her room with her piano, uh, and uh, yeah, and it looks down on her benevolently, according <laughs> to her. <laughs> And I will say 2003 did have a more benevolent look on his face all the time. Aww. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, uh, anything else 
with the to do with the episode sure kill or not <laughs> you just want to uh, share <laughs> yeah everybody i just want to say um i know you know this episode will be coming out a bit later but today of course is february 7th and we all know what that means so congratulations to all the contestants in the puppy bowl <laughs> i'm so jealous i can't watch it Mer. <laughs> nice well we're off to go watch that now bye bye, bye everyone ah, thumbs up <laughs> All of our episodes are available to download or stream at our website, introtox.com, or via iTunes and Downcast. You can email us at mail at introtox.com. Please put the episode title in the subject line and keep voice messages under two minutes or else. Join our spoiler-free Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash introtox. You can find me on Twitter at Tammy Yip or at yippodcast.com, I'llwatchthatmovie.com, and dvmpe.com. Search for Walking Dead Podcast. I'm on Twitter at B-R-A-D-C-U-P-P les and on the ramjack podcast you can find me on twitter at maya fire and on etsy.com at maya fire Prince. I'm out of my mind.